Hello there. This is Wale Olulano, the presiding apostle of Harmony Christian Ministries. I'm happy that you can join us today in our podcast. I pray today's message will encourage, edify, and illuminate your heart, wherever your circumstances may be. Please relax and enjoy. Matthew 28, we'll read 19 to 20. The Bible says, Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all things that I have commanded you. And lo, I am with you always. God is with you, huh? Mm. Even to the end of the age. Thank you, Father, for being with us. And then in Ruth chapter 3, the Bible says, I read 1 to 5. The Bible says, one day, Naomi said to Ruth, my daughter, it's time. <laughs> I like to stop there. My daughter, it's time. I believe it's time for somebody's breakthrough. It's time for somebody's healing. It's time for somebody's story to change. It's time for somebody's tears to dry up. It's time for that delay to be over. He said, my daughter, I know what you have been through. I know what you have been going through. I've been part of it with you. But it's time to have a change. Amen. It's time that I found a permanent home for you. I know you've been in some kind of homes temporarily. You've been in some kind of situation for some time, but it's going to be permanent. Uh, it's time to have something that you're going to be happy with. You, it's time for you to have not a fleeting thing, not, a, not an overnight, not a one-night stand. It's a home that's going to be yours. He said, it's time for you to have a permanent home, a healing that will stay, not a testimony of one day, a testimony that will stand, the blessing of the Lord that will make you rich and will add no sorrow. It's time for your story to change. Church, it's time. It's time for this beginning to make you to laugh. It's time for your breakthrough to make you to laugh. It's time for you to roll and roll and roll and roll and roll. It's time. Somebody say it's time. He said, my daughter, it's time for me to find a permanent home for you. One that you can call, you know, the New King James Version says, it's time for me to find some security for you. Are you listening to me now? I said, what God is about to do in your life is a thing that will make you happy. Amen. It's a thing that will, he will grant you some security. He will make you secure in what God is about to give to you. Because what I'm about to give to you, no man can do it, but God is about to do something in your life in the name of Jesus. The story of your season right now, my friend, only God can change it. Only God can bring this about. You have been waiting for a long time, but I sense it's time. I sense there's a time in my spirit somebody hears about to laugh in a new way. My daughter, it's time for me to find a permanent home for you. He says, so that you will be provided for. So that you will be provided for. What God is about to give to you will add to you. 
not take from you. Not some kind of relationship that will drain you, that will, that will bleed you out. Are you following me now? Not the one that will take you from this glorious height and reduce you to nothing. It will provide for you. I like the way he put it in New King James. He says, so that he may be well with you. So that when we see you, we will consider it's well with you. We won't see you with 30 years and we're thinking, my God, the man is enduring. The woman is enduring. You will not be able to last. No, no, no. He said, not that kind of thing. That every day will be new day. Every day will be new grace, new level, new joy. That will be well with you. My daughter, this is my plan for you. I know you've, 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 you've missed some chances. I know you've had some things that, is, I know you've buried the past. you buried the old husband. I know things have happened. But I sense in my spirit, something's about to happen. Yeah. Boaz is a close relative of ours. And that she didn't even know. The woman was walking so close to her breakthrough. But she didn't know it. And he's been very kind by letting you gather grain with his young women. Tonight, he will be winnowing barley at the threshing floor. And the Holy Spirit said to me, this is really beautiful this morning. The blessing that God is bringing to you is one that has a career, has a future, has a plan. The man is bringing, the woman is bringing her purpose in their life. He said, this is where it's going to be. He's not the kind of a person you can't even locate. Where do you live, by the way? Uh, I, you know, I'm still trying to change my address. What job do you do? I do forwarding and backwarding. I have no office. Boaz that is coming into your life is one that has a face. I'm not even preaching about marriage or relationship. Oh, I'm reading this Bible and I'm having problems. This is not even where I'm going. But the blessing God is bringing to your life will have some definitions with it. It's a thing that you can say that this is how it happened. This is where it is. There are some people that you can't tell what job do you do? What kind of line of business are you in? Okay, where can I see you? What time are you coming? They can't, you can't pin anything down with them. But this Boaz has an appointment to keep. This Boaz has a place you can find him. This Boaz has something you can tell about him. It's going to be somewhere tonight, we know in Bali, at the threshing floor. Then he says in verse 3, now do as I tell you. Now that's where the challenge comes for some people. They don't do as they're told. Some people are too big to do as they're told. He said, take a bath, put on perfume, dress in your nicest clothes. We're going to open that up later. Then go to the threshing floor, but don't let Boaz see you until there is a time to make yourself visible. There is a time to open up that line of thought, of conversation. He said, for now, just get yourself in place. And then he says, when he's finished eating and drinking, be sure to notice where he lies down. Be sure. This is a thing. You got to be sure of what is yours. Be sure of what you are up to. Be sure of who you are linked with. There's always something that Minister Sam does during wedding ceremonies. He asks them to mention their own name themselves. So that Jacob will not get married to Rachel or Leah. 
I, I won't mention your name. You should know. I, you know, do take D. Who is the D? So you tell us who you're getting married to. So the Bible says, wait for him. Be sure where he lies. That then go uncover his feet. Uncover his feet. Don't get under his duvet. Don't get into the wrong place. Lie down there. He will tell you what to do. I will do everything you said. Ruth replied. So she went down to the threshing floor that night and followed the instructions of her mother-in-law. Father, breathe over your word this morning. Help us to glean. Help us to receive. Help us to digest. and Help us to be all that you have prepared for us. That in the days to come, Lord, the fruit of it will be visible with joy, with righteousness, breakthroughs and miracles. In Jesus' name we pray. For a few minutes this morning, I want to speak on the room where it happened. Um, one of the things that is important for us to remind ourselves in this season as we talk about it's a new beginning. Is New beginning is just like sources. It's not an event, it's a continuum. When you say new beginning, there are different new beginnings. For example, today is a new beginning. Yesterday is gone. This, facet, this auditorium looked different yesterday. Today it looks different. So every day is a new beginning. So new beginning is continuum. It's something that is just there. You've got to understand so every day, God's mercy is new every day unto us. Now, that's the first thing to remind ourselves. And you need to be in the place where the new beginning is taking place. You need to be in the room where it happens, where important decisions are taken, where the important connections are happening. You need to put yourself in a position of relevance in your new beginning. You need to understand that God has called you into a life of contact. You can't say that because it was like that 10 years ago, I don't need to put in effort now. There are many people that God is doing something in their day, but they are still living yesterday. And God wants you to understand that it's important that you must be in the room. You must be in the place. You must be in the know where things are going on for you to have the right connection. So it's about positioning. It's about right time. It's about timely. It's about timely and effective location. May you receive it in the name of Jesus. Everything God wants to give to you and I comes with being in the right place at the right time. There are, for people who have bought houses, you realize that you picked up that house because the advert came up and you knew about it or you got there and you put in your offer and somebody else came after you and they said, it's gone. Am I right? It's off the market. Because you took it. There are people that would have proposed to you and they were still buying you gifts and not telling you anything until somebody else came, Mr. Wright came, and told you and then whisked you up your feet and then you got married. And the guy has been buying gifts. Say, okay, really, there's something I wanted to tell you. Ah, okay, too late. I'm hooked. Do you understand now? So you see, it's important for your being in the right place to actually come to make it effective. And this morning, we want to look into what Christ told us that we must make disciples of nation. And in making disciples, there are certain things that go with it. 
And we want to link that with the story of Ruth and Naomi. Let me remind us of this story at the beginning. There is a certain man. Clearly, this man is well-to-do. And he had a beautiful family. Two sons and a nice wife. They were not poor by any standard. You might not know it until you look deep into that passage. And he had raised his family to a particular standard. You know, maybe they were in some kind of private school, kind of whatever, they finished education and all that stuff. And things started changing in the country where they were, or should I say in the city where they lived, in Bethlehem. So he felt, no, I can't allow this famine that is coming to reduce our standard of living. So he decided I'm going to move my family from here. This guy had landed properties. And what did he do with his property? I don't know. He locked it up. I don't know. He rented it out. I don't know. How do I know? Because when Naomi came back, she was not homeless. And also, when they moved abroad to Moab, they were not homeless. They actually were living in a comfortable place. That's why their sons got married and everybody was fine. They were not an economic crisis or burden to the country they moved to. Are you following me so far? So there is a level that they were living in until death came. And you know the story how Naomi came back and Ruth followed her. Also, I know this because everything about them, the city celebrated them. The city don't celebrate poor people. When Naomi came back, they said, ah, oh, finally, good news has arrived again. The women gathered again around Naomi because they knew her house was the go-to place. She said, oh, guys, things have changed. It's not the same old time. So you have to think about what happened to Job to understand what happened to Naomi's story. Do you get it now? And the women were like, what, what happened? Guys, just leave me alone. She must have entered her house quietly and she wanted to live a quiet life. But you know, when the story changed again and Ruth had the child, again, the city gathered. So clearly, this was not an average family. There are times that you feel pulled into a new beginning that is not really God's plan for you. And sometimes people feel, oh, it's when uh, things now go bad, you remember to go. Remember the story of the prodigal son? It wasn't the hunger that brought him back home. There are many people in their journey away from home, journey away from where God put them, and they hit a bad time. They don't automatically return to the right place. Many people actually double down. They feel, I'm going to keep at it in case it's going to happen. Have you seen those gamblers? They're losing all their money, losing everything. They say, no, I'm going to try it again. Ah, money has finished. Okay, take my wristwatch. Then they lose the wristwatch. Ah, okay, take my shoes. Then they lose the shoe. Okay, take my shirt. They keep on trying, even though everything is saying to them, go back home. May you hear the voice of your shepherd. Some other people will feel, I can't keep on going this way. They actually commit suicide because of the shame of going back home. So death is not automatically the reason why Naomi came back. Something else must have drawn her back home. Just like the prodigal son. Remember the love of the father. A father 
who will not judge me or kick me out, the worst, it will make me one of his servants. Naomi must have remembered, you know what? I'll go back home. Even if I can't have the party like I used to, but I'll go back home. I pray there will always be a home you can go to. That home is in Christ. He's got a reckless love for you and I. And that is the message we need to take to the world. We need to understand in sharing with people, in telling people that there is a God who loves us unconditionally. You may have missed it, messed up, but you can come home. How to do this will be about influence. Naomi clearly had a great influence over Ruth. You and I have been called out to go into the world to make disciples, and we cannot make disciples without having influence. And a lot of people feel they can't have influence because of what they have been through, because of the problems of their life. And we understand Naomi, and I'm going to talk about Naomi in a minute. But you see, the whole creation was designed with influence in the center. Everybody carries the grace for influence. Even a child has influence on the parent. There are, some parents, there are some parents that will tell you that their children were always saying to them, oh, mommy, daddy, when are we going to go back to church during the lockdown? Because they miss their friends. Some of them miss the place to run around. You see some children when they come through the door, they don't even want to, what is church? They're not interested in what you got to say. They want to just run around, upside, downstairs. Hey, where are you two? Okay, me too, I'm coming. You know, children have great influence on parents. Even when they cry, they know how to get your attention. That's influence. Influence could be negative, it could be positive. And how far you have influence on somebody or how much you sustain it, it depends on a number of things. So when Christ said, go ye into the world and make disciples of nations, he's asking us to go into the world, have influence. You must be a people that understand you carry a message, you carry a lifestyle to influence the nations. So when we talk about making disciples, we want to look at how this really occurs. There are about 10 things, but I'll just talk about four or five today. Many people refuse to make disciples or refuse to have influence, like I said, because of the story. Because of what has happened in the past. I know what has happened in the past. Maybe things didn't work out well. Naomi could easily tell us the same thing. Naomi could tell us, you know what? I know what has happened to me. I lost my husband. I lost my position. I lost my business. I lost my health. I lost whatever the thing is. And therefore, I, I'm not interested in anybody. I am Mara. But the way to beat your history, negative history, is to have a better imagination. The way to beat that past is to dream another dream. Have a new dream. Have a new imagination. Because with that, you are able to create a world that is in the mind of God. So there are about 10 things. The first thing that helps us to actually have influence in the world is number one, purpose for living. Naomi had a purpose for living. She realized the reason why she's still alive. She realized the fact that she survived the COVID wasn't just for herself. It wasn't because she was inhaling some stuff. But God must have a reason why she survived it. Purpose for living. She said concerning her daughter-in-law. 
She said, it's time for me to seek security for you that it may be well with you. What do I mean by this? Naomi started with a possibility in God. The possibility in God, the purpose that came from God because she knows there is still a future after this pain. I may have had some bad times. I may have lost my own husband. I may have lost even my job, but my life has not lost purpose. Realize there are still some things I can do for you while there's breath in me. Realize that there is a lifestyle I must live before people. I must realize that I carry the mandate of heaven wherever I find myself, no matter what is going on in my personal life. Friends, if you understand that you are created for purpose, you will know fully well that it's not just about my life, I live anyhow I want to live it. Naomi could disciple. Naomi is speaking to you and I today that despite all the things you have been through, you must still carry your life like one that somebody else can benefit from. The same woman who said, call me Mara. But she dreamed up a dream that Ruth herself had no plans for. It's our job to show a people a kingdom that is beyond this earth. By how we live our life. By how we handle our own struggles. Because there's a people that feel that once it's down, you should just stay down. They would rather understand the Naomi that will, that will tell them, you know, when I had my husband, things were better. When I had my children, my two sons, oh God, I miss them. The world understands how to cry when things are bad. So we don't need to repeat it to them. They already know it. But we need to live a kind of an alternative life. A different lifestyle. A different lifestyle that I understand what it means when I lost the contract. Are you getting my point, friends? It's getting quiet here. The world must understand how do you handle a deal that you have worked for that didn't work out in the end. And you can still say, yet I will praise the Lord. How do you handle competition in a company without being bitter? We are both applying for the same job. But how do we do that in a way that is not cutthroat? Make disciples of nations. Mara will sit with her pain. But Naomi realized, no, I need to pick up purpose again. HCC, no matter what is going on in the face of the earth, we have a responsibility. Amen? They always have to be a remnant people. A church, a people, an individual, a family, that will be able to say, you know what, if nobody else will uphold the standard, I will. Would that be you? When you go to work, what would the people at work see in you? In your family gathering, what do they see? Or just say, well, this is family gathering, we can just do any other kind of thing. Do we have a different cup in church and another one outside church? Mara is different from Naomi. Are you getting this? Purpose is what will help you and I. Everybody goes through pain. But purpose will help us. It was purpose that helped Jesus Christ on that cross as he loved us so much. But he realized that if I don't do this, nobody else is going to do it. So Naomi felt no one else will provide a future for you, Ruth, if I don't do something. 
I need to provide <clears throat> to secure security for you, that you may be well with you. Number two, the power source. The power source. If we're going to disciple the nations, it's not just by ourselves. It's not just by our rule books. In fact, we can't do nothing by having the rule books. You know, this is how you must dress. This is how you must look. This is how you must pack your car. This is how rule books can easily be broken. But understanding the fact that there is a power that is at work in us that is beyond what we can see on the outside. Jesus Christ said to us in John chapter 15, he said that, I am the vine, you are the branches. And listen carefully, because he is the vine, he supplies sap, he supplies nutrients, supplies life to us, for us to bear fruit. So the ability to impact the world is not in you and I, it's not in you and myself, it's in what? It's in God, who dwells where? On the inside of us. The power source to disciple the nations is in us because Christ has placed that power there. Left to me, I am still with pain. Still carrying the picture of my husband and my two sons. I have that pain. Left to me, I am still dealing with the fact that my husband left me. I'm still dealing with the fact that I'm divorced. I'm dealing with the fact that I'm yet to get married. I'm dealing with the fact that, you know, I want this. I, I don't have this. I don't have that. Left to me, I have my own problems. But there is a power at work in me. Are you getting my point now? Beyond my personal need. Because if it's left to me, I can't do anything. The Bible tells us how we can do all things. True Christ, who strengthens us. There is nothing as frustrating as wanting to do, wanting to get a Christian resort without having the power of that Christ. Nothing as frustrating. You want to get a Christian resort without having the power of that Christ. This is the thing. Only Christ can change anything. It's only Christ that can change the heart of a person. It's only Christ that can change the heart of a woman or a man. Now, I don't know, some of you here might have stories of you proposed to somebody and they said no. And you kept on going back to them and they kept on saying no. I didn't have that experience. Okay. My wife, quickly she applied and I said yes. <laughs> of course, you know, that's not the story. <laughs> I can't help it, you know what I'm saying? The microphone is in my hand today. <laughs> she will have her own tongue. <sighs> the fact of the matter is, if you know something is yours and you can't get it, it takes only the power of God. Only God can give babies. Rachel went to the husband. Give me children or I die. The man said, ah, excuse me, madam. Am I God? <laughs> Who has withheld? No, that scripture, I usually have problems with it anyway. Because God, God withheld, but I didn't know. But what he's trying to say is, it's God who gives babies. 
So there are things you are praying for in your life that you want to make impact. You want to change that thing. And I want you to understand it's not going to be just the power of yourself. There is your bit which you will do. But don't ever think it's going to be by your power. Ruth, in this story, was not going to get Boaz. Uh, so don't get it wrong. Even though you saw the bit dressed well, put on those things, it's not going to be by your shaking your bum and exposing your chest and all that that is going to get Boaz. It's going to take God to change the heart of Boaz and touch the situation that is on ground. And I want to pray for people here who are trusting God for breakthroughs in relationships, in contracts, in things which you are doing, in the, where some people have got the power and they are deciding. I pray that God will change their hearts. I pray that God will cause people to look upon you with favor. Isn't that the reason why God said if a man finds a wife, he finds a good thing? And he obtains favor. So it is God. It takes the power of God to change things. There are people that you have been witnessing to just by their, just by, you've been trying, but listen, friends, and they are proving hard to get. Don't forget to pray about it. And one of the things that is most important about prayer is it is God that makes the heart of two people to become one. You can put our address together and I see two people living separately. But it is God who will make us to be one. May God make us one. Amen. So being together is going to take this power of God. Don't ever underestimate it. In your seeking, seek God first. Trust God first to beautify you and prosper the work of your hand. It's God that will make people not to see what's so obvious. That is not good in your packaging, in your presentation. Is that clear? Number three, prepare. You want to be in the room where it happens, prepare. And that's very clear in the story here. Right, Naomi told Ruth, he said, Ruth, there is something that is ahead of you, you're about to impact something, but you need to prepare. How did she ask her to prepare? This is interesting. Said, you need to take a bath, put on perfume, dress in your nicest clothes. Making disciples and being influential has to be by intentional living. By intentional living. You cannot make an impact in anybody's life without being prepared. Have a sense that I am on to something. I'm going out purposely today. I'm going to do something. Whatever it is you are doing, my dear friend, you can't leave it to chance. A soldier goes out knowing fully well that the enemy sniper can be anywhere. So they get dressed. And that's what you and I are supposed to do. Making disciples of nations, according to Christ, means that we must know that we have a role to play, we have a duty to play. As a church, we've got to prepare. We didn't turn up here this morning hoping the angels will have arranged the chairs from last night. We prepared. I trust the Holy Spirit to minister to us, but I prepared. So everything that you do, you have to bear in mind that your preparation must be in line with your purpose. Said concerning this, Ruth, take a bath. That does that mean she does not bath before? She won't go out without bathing. 
But what he really, what she really was telling Ruth is, Ruth, you cannot go to this appointment dressed the same way you will go to the farm. Many people think, well, let God just do it. God will just do it anyhow. Yeah, anyhow. But God also is calling on you to understand you must be intentional in the things which I've called you to do. Perfume yourself. Put on your nicest clothes. Are you following me now? There's certain people that feel that, you know, what God will do, God will do anything. It doesn't matter how I carry myself. It does matter. Because the same God told the, bro, the, the okay, let me talk to the bros in the house. He said, bros, when you are praying, you got to watch and pray. That watch is what a lot of bros do. They pray, they leave that to the woman. <laughs> so they are watching which of the chicks around here is really cool. Are you get, guys, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> you see, they look for the chicks that are really cool. And then when they are found, they just say, God, okay, amen. No. It's important that we understand that the way to disciple nations, God expects us to make our message relevant. Friends, this is a season where you must ask yourself, how prepared am I for where I'm really heading? So when you are in the room, are you dressed for the room? The room where it happens, how dressed are you for that room? A Saturday man was invited to a, a dinner, and they were all given particular garments to wear, but he was not dressed for the room. They said, friend, how did you get in here? So you cannot keep on saying the Holy Spirit will blindfold them. No. He doesn't do that anymore. <laughs> he has left that department. That was before COVID. You have to understand that the Holy Spirit wants you to do what you should do. Amen. So you want to talk to, I don't know, business partners, you have to be dressed. So, he said, so she said to Ruth, she said, Ruth, take a bath, put on perfume. Thank God for that. Put on perfume. Boy, I can't stand people without perfume. Okay, let's leave that for now. He said, dress in your nicest clothes. How did Christ put that in New Testament? He said, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Make sure that the nature, the character of the Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit it's what they can see in you. They can, you can imbibe that into them. Amen. You must understand that this is the standard. This is the, this is the image you are presenting to them. So the question is, how do we know how the Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit looks? Oh, just like I say, if you can see me, you've seen the Father. It's not hard to reach. It's not difficult for you to understand how you will look. So instead of us thinking he has to be a particular height, he cannot put on hat, he can't put on cap. If he puts on cap, then the Holy Spirit will not move. He can't use earring, he can't use nose ring. All those things are just your own imaginations. You understand that? Those are just your own imaginations. But you must understand that the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, he came just so that we can relate to him. I don't think we could have had a better ministration song than the one we had this morning. Reckless love. Because about the reckless love, he just loves you. Amen. I'll just give one more. 
and we'll round it off for today. Passion. Passion. How, when I get into the room where it happens, there is the need for me to have passion in the room. How do I disciple the nations? You can't get nowhere without passion. Passion is a, it's the fire, it's a desire, the strength of conviction that drives that purpose. When there is lack of passion, even the talent becomes buried. For people who go to salons, it's one of the experiences that you get, why some men particularly go to salons. I don't know about the women. But it's because in the barbing salon, you don't just go there to barb your hair. You go there for experience. Am I, am I communicating? Because there is, there is an experience that you get with, particularly if you have a good barber. So you find out that passion goes with the service which you provide. What got Rebecca married wasn't just because she looked beautiful. It's because she had passion. How many people remember that? She fetched water for the camels. But it wasn't just the way she, it was the way she fetched the water. It was the passion she brought into the service. There are many people who are in the room, but without passion. If you are in the room, you can't just stay quiet. All you need to do to actually influence negatively is to just abide and do nothing. Because remember I said everybody can influence. But if you are in a place and you do nothing, you are influencing. But you can be influencing negatively. Because in the room, you are not contributing, you are not objecting. So, you are also sending out a message. But you need to vocalize your position. So, this is where passion is important. Passion is necessary for us to win the world. Passion is necessary for us to give, for us to worship God. Passion, and when you begin to carry out your passion, you will influence someone else who doesn't even want to do it. So what am I saying here? Your faith must, you must live your faith passionately. Friend, if you are a believer, be passionate. Passionate Christianity does not mean you get to work, you are plastering your screen with Jesus is Lord, your corner with I love Jesus, anybody I hate, I hate uh, this person. No, that's not passion I'm talking about. Love people passionately. Serve passionately. Amen. Be there to make passionate commitment in your department. Somebody want a cup of tea? Great. Don't be the moody one. Everybody knows that guy is always moody. Why is he moody? He's always fasting. <laughs> you can't laugh. You can't smile. What are you doing there? The song I'm going to minister to you today. Just please follow the Lyrics, don't look at the voice, don't. Now, why are you singing it? Just write the text. You've got to be passionate about your ministry. So, passion is important. He said, disciple the nations. And I love what he says there. He says, teaching them to observe all things. So, it means that our faith is something that people will observe. They will observe all things that he has commanded us. The Christianity that we are supposed to live is one that is supposed to be. You know, when salt is inside something, 
is not quiet. It's relevant. So is your faith relevant in your vicinity? It has to be. Amen? Be passionate about it. A passionate person acts with enthusiasm that magnifies their talents and influences those who make contact with them. So friends, your passion is your first step to achievement. A passionate person has energy that influences others to do better. One thing you cannot deny about Jesus, he was a man of passion. Full of passion. Full of passion. Full of energy. They couldn't catch up. They couldn't even cope. He finished one crusade somewhere and he's up to another one. I want us to be that kind of church. That we multitask at all levels. We have to be friends at this age of our ministry. Multitask, we're doing one project for the Lord. We are developing something else somewhere else so that those other people too can feel the warmth of God. Don't say, oh, I'm doing my own beat. I've done my own beat. What's your beat? Your beat is everything beat. You can't do one little thing and say, I've done my beat. Everything is our assignment. And we're not stopping until we all finish. Amen. This passion is quite serious. You have to passionately serve God. Passionately love God. Passionately love people. And passionately give. Very important. Passionately give. It was passion that took Jesus to the cross. Thank you for listening to our podcast today. We do hope you have been blessed. Our special thanks go to all our partners who give generously to support our ministry. You are welcome to be one of us. Like someone to talk to you on any of the issues raised in today's message, please do call us on plus 44 208-597-3110 or you visit our website on www.hccenter.org.uk May the peace of the Lord guard you and keep you till we meet again. God bless you.